0: Hello and welcome to the Nomi Key Show. I am Nomi Key Konst. This catastrophe in Texas has really brought some chickens home to roost, hasn't it? Government matters. Government, done badly, leads to the collapse of the power grid. It leads to people shivering in their homes and boiling their water. It forces us to depend on the kindness of billionaires and philanthropists and politicians showing up for photo ops with their pallets of water and food. We must stop seeing these reoccurring disasters as accidents, as black swan events that no one could foresee. In fact, both the pandemic and the vulnerability of our power supply were widely foreseen. We were warned. So, why couldn't we react in time to save ourselves and our neighbors? Because of a 40 year campaign to weaken and undermine the very idea of our government, our government, not the government. It is time to rewrite the founding statement of the anti-government campaign spoken by Ronald Reagan in his first inaugural address.
1: Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem.
0: Reagan was wrong then and his idea is wrong now. Yet the statement permeated our politics, all sides. It caused Republicans and Democrats to hide any sympathy they might have, they might have had, for the government as something we created together to look after our most vulnerable, to protect us from the worst, the worst of the most ruthless among us, to assure that we weren't just created equal, but were offered an equal chance to live in full of a full and productive life. To find shared solutions for challenges that we could not solve alone. Reagan's statements, they've done e- Irreversible, inestimable damage on our society. And this was one of the most corrosive ideas that became self, self-fulfilling. If government is the problem, then we will defund it and tie it in knots and abandon the wreckage. And then of course, in the face of new challenges, it'll fail. Is it, is it as has it has with the pandemic, as it has with Texas last week, proving just what Reagan said, that government is the problem. But government is not the problem.
2: Bad
0: government is the problem. Incompetent government is the problem. Government starved of resources or committed to the wrong ends. That is the problem. Did you see Kate McGinnon in that SNL cold open the other night? Searching for anything that still works. And the only thing that she could find that still works was Tom Brady, shout out to Emma. Hilariously, but painfully true. She could update it every week. Vaccines don't get distributed. Power grids freeze up in the polar vortex or melt in the summer wildfires. These failures are now just just what Reagan wanted us to see about government as incapable and incompetent. But it is only true if we let it be true. Half a million Americans didn't have to die in this pandemic. The Texas and California power grids did not have to fail. All we needed to prevent or at least alleviate these calamities was a competent, properly funded government. In a way, this is President Biden's biggest task to restore to restore our faith in government as a tool to help improve all of our lives. When JFK promised to send men to the moon and return them safely to the earth where plenty of people who wondered if that was even possible or the best priority, but there weren't any men who said we can't pull that off. We believed in our ability to take on hard challenges. But now, it isn't just that we don't believe in the ability of our government. We have horrifying evidence of its inability all around us. Again and again, nothing works. Perhaps the most radical promise Joe Biden has made was that he could manage the hell out of the distribution of vaccines. Because the first thing Biden, the Biden administration needs to build back better is the idea that we need government and that government can tackle and solve our challenges. Without that, We can't have a progressive America. We can't have much of an America of any kind. We will be too busy shivering in our homes and boiling water and preparing funerals for our loved ones. And then all the capitalists around, all the big business are going to swoop in and say, see that government, it doesn't work. Let's privatize it and we'll do the job. And we know where that leads. Flint still doesn't have clean water. We have a great show today. Josh Fox is on to talk about the Green New Deal and, of course, the latest disaster, climate disaster that we've been talking about extensively. And later on, we have Simon and Piper here to discuss today's news. We'll be right back with Josh Fox. All right, welcome back to the Nomi Key Show. Our dear friend, Josh Fox, is joining us today. He is a film director, a playwright, an environmental activist. Uh, You may know his work, The Truth is Changed, which we just promoted at the top, which is on our book club this month in February. Uh, He also is the director of Gasland and Gasland 2. And are you ready for this, Josh? You ready? Ready? How to let go of the world and love all things climate can't change and awake. And he's the host of Staying at Home with Josh Fox. I got it, right? You're on mute, just so you know. I can't hear your laugh. Do it again. Sorry. Laugh again. I'm really laugh proud again. Of you. Thank you. <laughs> when you I were think, promoing, just so folks on cue. know, I'm
1: <laughs> I'm also just, a painter. I'm behind my, my
0: yes, I was going to say, this is a new one. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it is a new
1: one. It's a big, big new one. There it is. It's like huge. It's like...
0: Wow.
1: So, anyway, Josh, uh, um, yeah, when guess, when he was uh,
0: promoing your How to Let Go of the World and Love All Things Climate Can Change, I used to host a show on SiriusXM, XM and he would come on and all the time, and every single time I would squ- and I finally started to get it right, and then as soon as, of course, I started having you on again, I forgot how to say it, so, that's the joke, well, that's the uh, inside joke, guys
1: you're if, in on it, if it's not just a joke it's also a fantastic film, that premiered at Sundance and on HBO, and it's on joshfoxfilm.com, it's the one Ooh. movie you need, if you want to learn about climate change, it's actually a movie about climate despair, and how to defeat it, um, and uh, we're feeling right now, a little bit ahead of its time yeah. Oh God. Are we ever? Yes. So, we're, we're feeling despair of <laughs> all kinds. So we're feeling despair in so many different. Actually, my friend Morgan Janes came up with a new word. It's an old word, but it's a new word. It's called respare. There's a word called respare. It means to restore and repair at the same time. So it sounds like despair, but it's restore and repair. So so that's what we're in a state of respare right now. Where we that's are. That's
0: a yogic term too for my users out there. You do see, like respite classes, that. yes. So oh. okay, we have
1: this. Um... Take more yoga. <laughs> they have very little banjo yoga, though, which is I, trouble. I, I think, think there's they might have banjo, banjo
0: yoga. yoga. I'm gonna they have, have goat to yoga. I'm gonna,
1: have, I'm gonna work on it. They
0: have power yoga, goat, goat yoga,
1: goat all with sorts goats. of
0: yoga. Oh yeah, I, I have never. So if
1: there's yet. goats nearby, there's got to be some banjo
0: near. I'm pretty sure there is. There's a lot of live music classes. Tibetan
1: Tibetan banjo yoga. That's what I'm looking for.
0: I think rarified, you might find it.
1: But it's. I think it's, 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 it's the key to my salvation.
0: Audience, check it out. <laughs> what are we talking
1: about?
3: All right, that so is. we're talking about, um,
0: <laughs> see, speaking of despair, uh, we're talking about the the latest climate crisis to reveal to the world just how incompetent our government is um, out of will. And it is a, a you know, I think that the, que- the question I want to go with at the top is... <laughs> And, you know, I've done a lot of, as you have, um, but in particular, I think watching the island of Puerto Rico after the storm, uh, the the incompetence from the the federal government and the state government and local governments, but also it was a consequence of an experiment of austerity that was pushed on the island uh, by libertarian mindsets in Washington. And so uh, an island of austerity, an island that does not have proper representation, um, does not mean that they want in Washington, just means they have an oversight board that basically cancels out anything that they decide on the island. And so as a result, everything started to fall apart. The power grid, of course, famously, um, food and water, access to roads, yada, 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 everything was crumbling. But then there was a conversation about privatizing the power grid afterwards. And so I'm seeing this conversation now out of Texas, which is just more in your face to Americans because they have it Pretty good sense of who runs Texas. Um, and, and I guess my question is do Lots you think, white people? And white, but do you think that and forget about like how capitalism spreads climate crisis or causes or exacerbates it, but do you think that if they hadn't gone full libertarian um, in Texas, this disaster would be less? How do you think it would be different in other words?
1: Well, I mean, the Texas environmental, uh, the Texas grid collapse is something that's very specific. Texas is over-reliant on fracked gas. And fracked gas uh, is uh, is touted as the most reliable right? fossil fuel, right? If you if the, the sun doesn't shine and what if the wind doesn't blow? Well, guess what? What happened in this case was natural gas infrastructure Froze. Froze growth and didn't work right now that is over-reliance on not just the uh i mean um libertarianism it's over-reliance on fossil fuels right and when you what you're pointing out in puerto rico is the same thing that i saw in uh, the virgin islands right after uh, the u.s virgin islands which is right next door right after those storms um which is that the the old sticks and wires is not going to survive this new climate paradigm right Sticks and wires, I mean, there's a pole, there's a wire, and it's delivering electricity from a centralized power plant, right? So a lot of this right now is sort of like setting up the pins in the bowling alley for the next climate crisis to come and just knock it down again, right? So at a certain point, you have to say, why are we continuing to rebuild and rebuild infrastructure that does not hold up in this climate change reality paradigm? And what we saw... um, and right after uh, maria and i in, in in puerto rico and, and um, virgin islands was a group of intellectuals uh headed up by bernie sanders congressional office uh uh senate office to create a marshall plan
2: yeah. for
1: puerto rico and the virgin islands which would have uh on advisement from people who know about this kind of stuff been based on microgrids uh, solar microgrids renewable energy microgrids that were neighborhood to neighborhood resilient against something like this, right? So if you have the one power plant go down or the one major huge system fail, you have a backup. You, you have each person's, like the people who had a Prius in Texas could use their Prius to as the generator yeah. for their home. And they can plug their house back into their car. That's what you call resilience. That's yeah. what renewable energy is, in, which is why we need to create a new deal. Now, capitalism, is as you have mentioned a huge problem because capitalism doesn't want to create a great, it doesn't want to do it. It wants to do it in the same old bad way that the fossil fuel infrastructure was built. Right. And, um, a green new deal, in my opinion, uh, having looked at this for a long long time, can't really be a market-based solution. It has to be a solution that comes from the demands of the people, political will, and then get paid for by the government. And by the way, we have the money, we know how to do this. What we're looking at right now is the tyranny of minority rule in this mm-hmm. country. You know, uh, those 50 senators who are destroying this nation come from 30% of the people. Around. Oh, yeah. Right. And the fact that people so, are just
0: seeing this, it's just starting to register to them now, shows you how much power they've had. The fact that people are just starting to understand neoliberals and good-meaning, well-meaning Democrats are just starting to understand that the government can just eliminate debt. They can just yeah. print money. They can just invest in these programs. There's nothing opposed to it, especially in a society yeah. in which the, the, even the capitalists want to get their bills paid. Like the credit card companies are like, yes, please eliminate the debt. We want our credit card bills paid. So, it's, you're seeing yeah. these forces all come well, together and they're revealing themselves. You're right. It's the tyranny of government, which found is founded on. Big question
1: Are you going to defeat Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin? Or are you going to bring them in line with the values of the rest of this country? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's ultimately it. Like,
0: Schumer, you believe in a $50,000? You, you think $50,000 should be eliminated? Show us. Show us. Yeah. Show us. Your Make first vote. Make Manchin yeah. and Cinema show up and vote. do it. Yeah. You can't just say. Well, I mean, that's,
1: that's one thing. Um, But also just the idea of a Green New Deal is not just an economic plan, but it's an um, ethos-changing proposition, right? The idea that we're getting rid of fossil fuels, that we're saying goodbye to that chapter of human history, means that we have in front of us one of the greatest tasks that we've ever had as a a species, right? This century's task is to build a a decent human society, which we've never done. We've never had We've had racism. We've had, yeah, right. No, we've had racism. We've had uh, incredible inequalities. We have to address those inequalities as we address the climate crisis, right? So the way we do this is we empower people. We build, um, where appropriate, we build uh, small solar microgrids, right? Which are Texas has a lot of sun, right? (laughs) Even in the winter, Mm -hmm. right? You could have. Your batteries be charging for three days before the storm, and then you wouldn't have pipes bursting all across Texas right now, right? Um, you could have, and the windmills, by the way,
0: <laughs> windmills wait, wait, wait. did not cause hey, this hey, problem. Hey. Let's get to that in a second because I, I want us to first go through solar. So, um, who are these industry forces? Uh, I, I'm talking about business industry, So let's you know make that clear. Why? What, what are the talking points people are using against solar right now? Cause I'm seeing a lot of this and it, it it's confusing to me. Um, where are these talking points coming from? Is it the oil and gas industry? Wh- what's happening? They're
1: coming from the oil and gas industry, the fossil fuel industry. And they're also coming from their, uh, their surrogates in Congress, right? You, like, this is why I brought up, we are, we, we are having a political problem. We're not having a technological problem. Yeah. We're not having a civil civilization breakdown. We're having a political breakdown. Now, the arguments against solar that says it's intermittent okay what does that mean that means the sun goes down and at night like there's no solar energy well guess what as a consequence of the saw so- of the sun the wind when the sun goes down the wind starts blowing okay so if you look at the, the the way that power maps right solar is bright in the day wind is blowing stronger at night and you use hydroelectric to fill in the gaps or batteries right
3: Mm-hmm. You can get
1: to 95% of all the power that you need in this country. And there is more wind energy in Texas, uh, Kansas, and North Dakota than it would cost to have all of our uh, everything in, uh, in the nation powered by renewable energy. Just the wind in just three states. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have enough wind, and when you add sun to that, which a place like Texas has to go, right. right? You you're you're at an overabundance mm-hmm. of power. What you don't have right now is the will to change this, these industries that have a grip, a death grip on the planet and on our political systems. And so when you have somebody like Mitch McConnell or James Inhofe um, come out and say, there's no climate change and solar doesn't work. Well, these guys just, all they do is lie. All they do is about hypocrisy after hypocrisy. So you know, how do you know that those guys are lying? Their lips are moving, right? So science says we have enough, we have a huge bounty of energy. We just have to harvest it. And by the way, once you built that infrastructure, the power source itself is free.
0: Right. So it's so, free.
1: It's energy for all.
3: Like yeah, but there's, Medicare no, for there's all, no money. Like college for all.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that means you're going to be eliminating the the, the the financial uh you know incentives here. I mean, it's if if you just have to you don't have to keep drilling for something. Financial endlessly. incentives
1: for the one percent.
0: Exactly for the one percent. Who are I'm,
1: the most miserable people on the planet? Of
0: course. Right? Yes. This is whose what, money you know,
1: continues. Whose money continues? to not make them happy, whose money continues to make them soulless, miserable, Elon Musk seems depressed. So Elon
0: seems so happy. <sighs> no, but I mean, the reality is, I mean, it, this is... Okay, They're so, so happy
1: they want to leave the planet.
0: It's true, because they created this disaster. So the, that solar, um, the windmill argument, as a recap for folks who may not be as fluent in the Green New Deal, um, it's a starter, right? It's still not the ideal well, situation, but let's break it down. What does the Green New Deal do?
1: The Green New Deal is in, in, in several things, right? There, there's several plans which are the Green New Deal, right? right. One of them comes from Bernie Sanders, Another one comes from, um, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting their name. There's several plans, but there's also the resolution in Congress, the Green New Deal, which sort of right. maps out the basic principles of changing the earth from fossil fuels right. to renewable energy, but that's not really what the Green New Deal is about. The Green New Deal is about justice, It's about justice for frontline communities. It's about justice for those people who have been harmed by the fossil fuel industry. It's about justice for the planet Earth. It's about justice for workers because it creates these great new jobs, right? Oil and gas industry jobs are bad jobs. They have a tendency to kill you. They're eight times the fatality rate of the national average. So... The Green New Deal is about racial justice, it's about justice for women, it's about justice for Native American communities, it's about justice for uh, people in frontline communities. So that's what the Green New Deal is rooted in, this idea of justice, and what would be justice for the planet, for our public health, is getting off the fossil fuels, Mm -hmm. right, and stopping climate change which we know climate change is patriarchal climate change is racist climate change will harm the most vulnerable communities in this world and those are mostly communities of color right so when we talk about the green new deal it's about bringing justice out of the jaws of climate change Mm -hmm. now what does that mean it means a huge public investment in changing our utilities and changing our grid and changing every energy system on the planet right from fossil fuels to renewable energy which we can do over a period of you know we can do it really fast if we want to we want to do it in five years if we want it to no projection is saying we should do it that fast we can do it in 10 years we can do it in 15 years we have to do it so, um and if, we, and if, if we don't do it in five years with climate change
0: what happens i mean my, my whole thought on this is i keep hearing five years ten years oh god these crises right. are happening now like I, I, this is where I had the most radical uh, militant person in me like coming out. You know, there's like three versions of me inside, like all battling each other, but this is the one who wins the battle. It's called now. I mean, yeah.
1: I think if you no, ask no question. It has to be now. the elderly it has to be now. who don't because, have listen. access
0: to their pharmaceuticals right now in, in Houston, it's now. It's, it's, it's now, it's now, it's now, it's now, it's now. It's beyond
1: now. just the crises of now, which are like obvious to see, right? Texas, Puerto Rico, Um, so many other places paradise california beyond just that part of the crisis of now (sighs) catastrophic climate change is defined by two degrees right at two degrees we lose 50 percent of the species on the planet at two degrees uh, we see fires floods droughts you know we see uh, unbelievable changes some of which are irreversible Um, at two degrees uh, we see basically total civilization-wide collapse and if we continue on the trajectory that we're on now, yeah. we would be warming the oceans so much that phytoplankton, by the end of the century, 79 years from now, will stop creating oxygen. It will just stop photosynthesis. That's two-thirds of the oxygen so, on the so, planet. That so means this, everything dies in 80 years. Everything dies in 80 okay. years, right? So this okay. is what so I what think... Wait, wait, So Josh, that's what we're up against.
0: Hang on, Josh. So this is, this is the part that I think in messaging is really even getting lost on the left. The... Climate change is happening as we speak, but the two degrees thing is the annihilation of the human species. And if we came back and we just said, you know, we we have five years until we prevent the annihilation of, of mankind and other kind and this planet versus people not... Uh, they, like th- I don't know. I just I think it should always be about this. Well, this what's happening like- right now? You're going to lose your house. You might lose your. You know. You might. Y- y- you might be caught in a storm. You might die. I mean, that is what's happening now. It's happening now. It's not. It is the phyto- happening. Now.
1: And just guess what? The pandemic is also a result exactly. of our infringement upon nature. Right. Right. We have to protect nature. Um, I'm working on a new film about this, which is about how we are encroaching on natural spaces. And what does that do? Well, the bat that probably had the coronavirus probably lived in a tree, right, before that forest was cut down, and now he lives in a building above a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And he flies over that, you know, restaurant, and he drops a bit of guano, uh, you know, or blood into the the gumbo, and boom, you've got coronavirus. Mm. It enters the human species. When we destroy that uh, boundary between the natural world and human beings, uh, that's what I'm talking about, justice. Mm -hmm. We are encouraging those zoonotic diseases to come and and get us, right? Climate change means you have a Texas or a Paradise, California, or a a horrific flood or hurricane happening somewhere in the United States at all times while you're dealing with four or five pandemics at once, right? It's very, very hard to think about future. that's, wor- that's future that's worse than what we're in right now. Yeah. But this would just be the beginning if we don't start taking this seriously. And by the way, when we say two degrees is coming in 10 years, right? That's 10 years, that's it. We don't start ten- five years from now. We don't start eight years from now. We can't transform 50% of the, cl- of the energy systems on the planet and reduce emissions by 50% in five years. It's like steering the Titanic. If you see the iceberg, you've got to start moving. And we see the iceberg.
0: We see the iceberg. And I mean, ultimately, I think what's so frustrating about this moment too is the the, the media world that we're living in. That's moment to moment. And so people forget about the fires that were in California where, you know, houses were falling off cliffs. They forget about the tornadoes that wrecked, you know, central the central U.S. every single year at at a higher rate than usual. They forget about uh, the latest hurricanes in in Florida and North Carolina and all the way up the East Coast line. And all of these communities are simultaneously Repairing themselves. And if you don't have the political will to actually repair, to change the conversation, because we've moved on to the next crisis, that's how we have this problem. I mean, there was already a hurricane, a horrifying hurricane in Houston. But what I'm saying is political, it's systemic. Yes. But there used to be a thing where you could kind of take that political moment and hold those lawmakers accountable. So they fixed things. So they, they actually did something, but unfortunately we're crisis to crisis We're media, you know, obviously there's been these media empires are being funded by the industries that don't want to be challenged. And, yep. and they're not the normal rules for applying pressure to politicians don't apply anymore because they get off. You know, they, they get off their plane in, 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 uh, in Cancun, drop off their kids, come back and start uh, doing a, uh, you know, mutual aid.
1: And it's all better, well, all better. I think this happened when racism went mainstream.
0: Mainstream? Because
1: racism, it's I mean, in mainstream. politics, no, but I'm talking about in terms of um, overt racism, right? Back in the days of Jesse Helms, you had dog whistle racism, right? racism was rampant and people, were you know, I mean, obviously our society has always been deeply, deeply racist. But when you can just come out and be like, race card, race card, race card, fear, 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 which is what Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell yeah. left us with, you can skip that whole I was ashamed kind of thing, right? The reason why dog whistle racism existed was because it was shameful to say it in public, right? So if you, if you don't have politicians fearing shame anymore, that's then right. you can't shame them, right? You can't appeal to their morals, right? A dog whistle was because there was the veneer, I'm not saying it actually was true, but it was the veneer of morality, of decency, right? That you weren't going to be overtly racist, you weren't going to be overtly murderous in your speech. Now that's changed.
4: But So I mean, you with, can't with shame
1: politicians because they're like, I, in the I, same I, way.
0: I don't agree with, I think that this is something... Uh, George W. Bush, perfect example, right? Somebody who would never, ever say any of these things out loud, but uh, was never held accountable for Katrina, was never held accountable for the Iraq war, uh, was never held accountable for multiple uh, multiple instances in, in his tenure. And, you know, he's been able to revive himself. I think it is a product of the media climate that we live in, in which they, they move on to the next subject like it didn't happen, and then people can rebrand themselves Um and, 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 and you can forget about the last disaster, even though it was like a minute and a half ago. And that community knows because like those people don't have houses. And by the way, the federal funds are dried up uh, to help them rebuild their houses Here or in the New insurance Orleans, companies.
1: The stuff still Perfect. hasn't been rebuilt yet. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's, ho- there's whole hospitals in New Orleans that are vacant. There's whole auditoriums. Huge parts of the park are still vacant since Katrina. We're just not fixing them. No, America doesn't want to fix what. itself. It doesn't want to fix itself. So this is a problem. So this is why we need massive public investment. That's what the Green (laughs) New Deal is. It's a massive public injection of money, jobs, cash, and it's a massive transformation. And we have to be in charge of pushing that forward, right? It has to be expertise that's moving that forward. It can't be capitalism. It can't be like the bankers. It can't be Elon Musk. Bill Gates today said we need 10 more Elon Musks. I was like, oh my God, no, we need zero. Yeah, yeah, to fight climate change. I, he said, "We need 100 Elon Musk, something like that." A we need zero. To solve Elon Musk.
0: climate change? Is that is that the solution here?
1: I, you know, look, these billionaires are out of their minds.
0: believable,
1: and they're they're a very specific kind of people um, that really need some greater psychological analysis than I'm capable of. But no, we need,
0: and we don't Elon need their philanthropy. And the philanthropy is, racket, like yeah. we started off with that, because I woke up this morning and I was like. <sighs> This is insane. You're seeing all these people come to the aid, and it's just like we've seen this on repeat, over and over and over again. Every time there's a crisis, you know, people go for their photo ops. Uh, philanthropists start pouring in money, and people are so happy that they're, you know, donating water bottles. And I'm glad that they're doing it, frankly, because it's not happening otherwise. But it's not, it's not the solution, and it's become so normalized the philanthropic model well, we to talk, the point we're where, talking about a
1: raise to the. We need we, to both raise the minimum wage and also have a maximum. wage. We need a maximum wage in our society. But it's not wages. No one this should is, have that much power.
0: It's it's their foundations. They just plot it into a trust or something. I mean, they they've been able to maneuver these the 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 way that they place their money, um, whether it's through real estate or whatever, in such complicated ways that none of us could ever figure it out. But ultimately, what I'm saying is we're getting into these repeat. I'm just so worried that crisis after crisis after crisis, the same response. It's like there's a playbook, and we as a society are completely beholden to it. I'm so glad that you said public investment because, you know, uh, we've got Stephanie Carlton and and her brilliant MMT theory um, about modern monetary theory, about uh, how are we going to pay for it? You know, the big, the ultimate question, but even if we didn't even uh, believe in MMT, right? The battle between the wars, which perpetuate our exploration into oil, which is killing our planet and being able to invest in the Green New Deal. I mean, it's just taking, it's head to head right now. Well, even without
1: MMT, Bernie Sanders' plan pays for itself. Exactly. Um, Because it creates all these new jobs and you get to tax those those incomes, right? It also creates all this energy, right? Energy is worth money, right? So when you build a wind farm, it generates its own income. also, if we stopped guarding the fossil fuel lines, like you said, with two trillion dollars of military support every single year, so even an eighteen trillion dollar plan, which is burning green and fuel, pays for itself without MMT. Now you add MMT into the mix, and boom, you have a society which can actually afford nice things like healthcare, like education, like energy. That doesn't kill you at the point of origin, like fracking and fossil fuels, and doesn't kill the planet, you know, (laughs) five years later with climate change.
0: Okay, so realistically, um, let's forget about the Republicans for a second in the Senate. Uh, I mean, we know there's not the Democratic votes. Uh, we sure as hell know Joe Manchin, but there is no, a way to pressure Chuck Schumer into not just supporting the Green New Deal, mm-hmm. but actually forcing it. I mean, my frustration with Chuck Schumer and his rebranding right now is that you know he's saying all these things, but show us you're the you're the leader of the Senate. This is your Senate. You have the rules, and if you can't control Joe Manchin and and Kirsten Cinema the way you can control the leftists from presenting stuff, then what kind of leader are you? And ultimately, I think that's the power. Well, I mean, I that's why these the right- power games matter.
1: A crappy leader, a crappy leader. What kind of leader are you? A crappy leader that represents the dry rot of the Democratic Party, right? Chuck Schumer has not had a challenge to him in 20 years, right, as a senator, you know? And the same thing with Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, frankly. He's He's been been governor for three terms, right? He's always been, it's always the third term with these guys. It's always that third term where they somehow expose how evil they've been the whole time, right? So Chuck Schumer hasn't been evil. He's just been incredibly lame. He's just No, been he's like there to protect really, capital. Really, he's very good he's
2: at not He's not a leader.
1: He's not exactly. That's what he does. He's not a leader of the people. And New York has a real reckoning. New York City, where I was born, where I am from, produced Chuck Schumer, and Cuomo, yeah. Donald Trump. What is that all about? It's about money and power from Wall Street. That is the system that is destroying the planet. When we talk about the economy, uh, as an environmentalist, we just see the economy as the thing that's constantly churning up the forest into a Wendy's, right? That's what the economy is, right? We don't need that type of economy. We want an economy based on renewable values, on circular economics, on providing for the people, and based on justice, not based on dollars, right? What is an economy based on justice? That's what Chuck Chuck Schumer is against. That's what Donald Trump is against. That's what uh, Andrew Cuomo is against. That's why these kinds of people have to be taken out of power. And that's why people like AOC and the squad and this new group of really with it folks have to start to get much, much more attention, in my view. And what is is their signature policy? Is the community.
0: Is a, is a green New Deal, but also, I mean, they they have the ability to, and others do with soapboxes, um, to expose and highlight the 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 ridiculousness in Chuck Schumer. I mean, what what he can be exposed for right now is his failure to lead his own Senate. I'm not even talking about. The, uh, the people. I mean, if you're a good, effective Senate Majority Leader, show us, Schumer. You can't that's just true. parade around and say eliminate $50,000 right. These, the Go These are
1: not the the even votes. the radical goals. These the moderate yeah.
0: I mean, that's it. Hashtag Who's move the, the vote, Senate Schumer. Who else is Who's the there? Senate do it. whip? Just do it.
1: Who's the Senate whip right now? Do we know? It's the top of my head now. Do we even know?
0: Because people on air, geez, what are you doing? <laughs> that's
1: what I'm trying to say, like, Josh know, Fox. we should be...
0: We love you. This is just how Josh and I, and I have, we have and conversations like this. I'm just riled like up this. right
1: now. I'm like, I'm just, you know, there's something happening to me during COVID, which is that I get, we, I, I have been not in front of a group of people for so long yeah. that I'm like, I'm, I'm, there's a Zoom agitation that's beyond any agitation that I've felt. You know, like normally if I'm in a room with people, there's at least a human energy. That yeah. Well, right now, I mean, and we all have to keep start looking forward to those days, right? When we can get out of Zoom, be, we need to reclaim public space. Then we need to reclaim the public sphere. Yeah. Right. And we need to reclaim public funding of, of the ideas that will change the public. If we don't do that, we're going to see a reentrance of Donald Trump in 2024. If these well, Democrats well, yeah. continue to squander this opportunity to make lives better for people, I'm terrified.
0: Then it's the end. Um, Josh, as a lover of New York, fellow New Yorker, New York being a ghost town on the cover of the paper, uh, real estate industry panicking, it's the only time they ever pay attention to anything, uh, is when real estate panics, as Wall Street panics. I mean, New York is is the nexus of a lot of this, and it's important that we remember that um, when we look at our leaders and, and see that need- they are not... yeah.
1: We need a bold, beautiful, diverse, artistic, empowered New York—not a New York under the thumb of the Wall Street uh, bankers and the real estate.
0: Yep, yep. They never let a good crisis go to right waste, too. So keep in mind, watch that. Josh Fox, always a pleasure.
1: This is just like our phone call
0: conversations, just on screen with lots of people watching. So
1: pretty well. I'm going to get back to
0: go go back to art. later go back to painting i'm gonna go back to hosting a show all right everybody we'll be right back with our fabulous thank panel thanks to josh fox uh join our book club great book club conversation about uh the truth has changed you definitely don't want to miss it even josh said it was one of the best which means a lot so we might release a little bit to the public uh, so folks can get a taste of it that
1: would be great thank you cool
0: right. see you
1: later
0: bye josh we'll be right back with piper and simon Welcome back to the Nomi Kiki Show. We have our dear TNS family in the house. This is the first time we've done this. Uh, Simon Rode is a former 2016 or 2020, I'm that old, you're not, uh, Bernie Sanders organizer from his campaign. And of course, he's part of Team TNS. And Piper Winkler is the Harvard YDSA co-chair. She is one of the core organizers. She was one of the core organizers for Harvard for Bernie uh, and part of the TNS family. Thank you guys for joining us. You can take you guys, you can go off mute if you want. Thanks so much for having us. All right. So crazy stuff happening right now. Um, Josh and I were just talking about Joe Manchin, the bane of our existence at this point. Uh, He's, I mean, if we still have history books after climate change uh, wrecks this planet, hopefully history will not reflect well on him. I don't think he cares. I think he's living in the moment. I think he's loving the power. Uh, But, you know, this is where I also think Chuck Schumer has the power to like rein in he shouldn't be bartering Joe, Joe Manchin. So Joe Manchin uh, has said that he's going to be opposing Deb
2: Holland's confirmation. Can we play that clip, clip real quick? Confirmation hearing for President Joe Biden's Interior Secretary pick is set for today. Congresswoman Deborah Holland of New Mexico is expected to face some tough questions. While she'll likely see opposition from Western state Republicans who strongly support energy development on public lands, Democrats see her as embodying the hopes of the new administration. If confirmed, she'll be the first Native American to ever serve in a presidential cabinet. Meanwhile, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, chairman of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, remains undecided on Haaland. His spokesperson tells NBC News that Manchin and Haaland met to discuss her nomination via Zoom, but the senator still has questions left.
0: This is ridiculous to me because he's, he's, he's playing, I don't know what he's trying to get out of this, but it's about oil. Uh, again, <laughs> I mean, this is the, the the entire conversation. today is about climate, and here we are. Joe M- Manchin is is protecting oil interests and blocking the first native Native woman. Um, Piper, what are what are your thoughts on on the Manchinism that's invading this country? <laughs>
4: I don't think it's incredibly surprising, given the fact that Joe Manchin is one of those people I think clearly positions himself as a conservative. It goes to show really, I guess, the hollowness behind putting the, the symbol of the Democrats next to your name when he's someone who is going to act in favor of using public lands for oil. I think there's obviously a, a very shameful tradition of Democrats taking money from fossil fuels and the fact that uh, that Representative Halen could take this position and could actually take the country in the right direction regarding taking Biden's climate plan and moving it to the left, I think she's definitely somebody that advocates from Sunrise and other groups have seen as a very positive signal to the left who wants serious action against climate change. The fact that she would be stopped by somebody in the Democratic Party is not surprising to me, but it is representative of the the rot that lies within that party that fails to acknowledge the, the threat that's being posed to people all over this country every day by climate change.
0: I mean, they're basically facilitating climate change at this point. That, that's what that signals to me. I mean, Simon, what's your take?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think if you don't acknowledge the, the sort of scope and scale of the climate crisis right now, um, I feel like you're a climate denier. And that's, that's sort of what I'm seeing uh, from Joe Manchin here. Uh, and it's, it's so frustrating for all of us because there are some Democrats um, who will, who are also not excited about Deb Holland's nomination, but are still going to confirm her because they know it's politically expedient for them. Uh, and Joe Manchin won't do that. He just, he won't just like play, just he, it's, it's just really frustrating. It's frustrating to see someone who's like, actually like ideologically motivated and uh his ideology sucks
0: well he's he's becoming the 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 power broker and so he wants to get something out of every single thing that he ends up voting for but simultaneously representing the worst interests uh in mankind in my opinion um let's now play the other mansion clip which is about not supporting the 15 dollars minimum wage after the 10-year fight in which let me just remind people they chose 15 dollars minimum wage because of alliteration that's why
2: not in favor of a $15 minimum wage as part of the $1.9 trillion relief package, but he would support $11 or or maybe a smidge more. How much of a chance does this have of getting through? Assuming Leave the Senate parliamentarian issue aside, whether or not it can be included in this type of bill. But assuming it can, is that the type of thing that could get 50 Democratic votes? Certainly. I think leaving aside, to your point, the parliamentarian issue, which we'll see what happens in the next two days, whether any minimum wage could be a part of this. But for Joe Manchin, he's really playing dealmaker here. He's assertive himself in a way that, yes, he was always kind of that figure who could make or break a deal. But he is now potentially taking down two of Joe Biden's nominees and trying to cut a deal here on minimum wage. I do think if he can get Kirsten Cinema on board, the other moderate uh, Democrat who's been skeptical of a $15 minimum wage, there could be a deal here. And that could actually kind of appease some of the progressives who are adamant that this should be okay. included. It is going to be something that we're going to be watching very closely. So what
0: that illustrates to me, other than the deal making, is Why, why can't like a a few leftists do this regularly? Why can't they bundle together and say, I mean, I understand the dynamics are a little bit different, but sometimes there are moderate pieces of legislation that the Republicans oppose and the Democrats need all the votes for, but it's not happening in the same way that Joe Manchin does. I mean, they might get something in return or they might lose something if they don't support those, but it's not done publicly. The way Manchin just like runs around and like makes everybody go kiss his ring. Piper, your thoughts.
4: Yeah, I mean I think infuriatingly, I heard somebody refer to Joe Manchin on Twitter as a Bernie dead ender in reference to the fact that he wouldn't support near I know, I'm getting there. <laughs> in response to Neera <laughs> Tandem's confirmation. Uh, obviously the fact that he's not going to to vote for Neera Tanden's confirmation as if he's trying to signal some kind of left-wing resistance when it's clear that he's just the most profoundly reactionary element to the party. The fact is that he's allowed to set all of the terms here and control the discourse. I think one of the really interesting things about this clip is that You can see her say, if this is even going to be on the table at all, it's going to be $11, or that's what Joe Manchin wants it to be. So it's not even confirmed that it's going to be in the relief bill. If it is at all, it's going to be less than we need. And I think the fact that it's being set at 11 rather than 15 makes it look like Joe Manchin is doing some kind of math to determine the exact dollar amount that people need. We both know 15, 15 isn't even close to enough. I live in Boston. I, it's not close to enough to maintain any quality of life that, that people truly deserve. And it's, it's deeply cruel and at the same time representative of the massive amount of sway that Manchin has over the party, the fact that he's allowed to control the dialogue and set the terms for what's going to happen politically. That needs to be stopped. Well, and, and like, not to mention that
0: industries, I mean, we're a consumer-based economy. So we, it actually, the, the, people who've an, and I analyzed this in a much better way than I'm going to explain it. When you provide more in income, it helps generate the economy. And then as a result, it sort of provides the ability to pay higher wages. It's like, you know, it's you're basically buying into it. Um, so I don't understand. I mean, I, I maybe in, in West Virginia, $11 works, but I don't think that's true at all because there's a national <laughs> report saying $15 an hour cannot pay for a, a, a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, but it also helps other, I mean, if you go up to $15, it helps other businesses, the smaller businesses that they're so concerned about. It helps them now pay the $15 minimum wage because we're a consumer-based economy. Simon, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that, that uh, like Joe Mansion <clears throat> try living on $11 an hour challenge Joe, um, so, go for about it. it <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, because yeah, like Piper was saying, like fifteen dollars isn't even enough. You know, I live in Portland. It's, you know, it's just it's too expensive for me to move out of my parents' house. Like, it's just, it's just really obscene to see the Democrats have control of the presidency in the House and the Senate effectively, and uh, still not be able to provide something as small as $15 an hour minimum wage.
0: As our economy falls into collapse, as... We're living in a pandemic crisis that is that is perpetuated by you know the, the horrible economic conditions that we've lived in. As corporations have made more, our leading billionaires have made more money than ever in the last. I mean, it's not that we can't afford it. That is now being shown to the world that we absolutely can't afford it, and we have no choice but to invest. And yet, he's still doing this. I mean, why don't he just retire and become a lobbyist and go make a bunch of money off of the oil industry? Just do it. Hand the reins to Kirsten Cinema. We'll we'll blast her next. Um, all right. Amazon workers. We've been covering this on the show, as you guys know very well. Uh, We've been doing this regularly. Uh, It is now Joe Biden does not support Amazon workers. Uh, Let's show that real quick. Biden stays clear of endorsing union effort at Amazon warehouse in Alabama. Uh, It doesn't mean that he doesn't support, but he's not endorsing it at this time. Um, This is a deeply problematic company. We know what Amazon does, but they're also partnered, they've partnered with the federal government. What do you guys, why do you think he would do that, especially given his recent labor reforms? Anybody chime in, go for it.
3: I I was just going to say that it's, yeah, it is, um, it's just a classic example of Democrats saying that they support uh, labor and they support unions uh, until push comes to shove. And then they show that they actually don't. You know, um, as soon as that it is that Joe Biden's in a position where aligning with labor would mean he's standing in opposition to big business. He's like, well, OK, well, in this case, like, I'm just going to not say anything. Um, and, it, you know, as we've covered on the show uh, a lot recently, this is not just any union fight. Like this, this would be a historic win for labor. And for Joe Biden to call himself pro-union and to stay silent in this moment um, is, is very hypocritical.
4: Yeah. I mean, one thing that really popped out to me here is the Biden admins communication with Amazon that's already been happening since Biden took office. The fact that, for example, Amazon and Biden, Amazon has been talking to Biden about helping with the vaccine rollout. That's very scary to me. I think, obviously, a company that has such profoundly little uh, care for the well-being of its workers that has repeatedly put them in danger both before the pandemic and in new ways during the pandemic, it's so clear that a union is necessary and that if Biden wants to be able to say that he's a president who cares about labor it's not going to just be saying that he got certain union endorsements and that's that's it his campaign receiving those endorsements simply shows that it's it has to be truly understanding how rank and file workers across this country are able to access unions and building up those unions and again not just because they're going to endorse him or somebody else but outside the scope of politics because it's through labor that the working class is able to make the gains that they need if we're gonna fight for things like Medicare for all, we're obviously going to need really strong unions to, to, to pull the levers of power, which are the, the, those are the levers that we have to make that happen. So I think without strong, uh, without an Amazon union, for example, uh, I think that picture gets a, a little bit harder to see, so it's wonderful. The organizers have been doing incredible work and it's unsurprising and disappointing that, that Biden is falling short of the, the labor president title by not supporting mm-hmm. them outright.
0: And I think Simon brings up a good point about how it's um it's gonna lead to so much more. And maybe that's ultimately it is they just want to nip this in the butt. I don't I, I have no idea um what his strategy is here, but I I, I feel like sometimes he's operating from a space of absolute disconnect with the crisis that he's inherited. I think he intellectually understands the disconnect that he's, in, uh, intellectually understands the crisis that he's inherited, but I don't think he, in his his bones, because he's a, a product of the Senate, he's a product of neoliberalism and neoliberalism, you know, when they inherit, when, when they started to take power, we hadn't seen the absolute gutting of America yet. Uh, we still had more public service employees. We still had uh, a deeper respect for government, but the the campaign was already underway. Now we're at this point where the only thing that's going to save us is government. And we're arguing over scraps, like little, little scraps
3: at this point. I actually, I'm not sure that that I can really fully agree with you on the idea that um, Joe Biden maybe intellectually understands the, the crisis, <clears throat> but doesn't sort of like viscerally and emotionally understand it. Um, as someone who had just traveled across the entire country campaigning for president and doing town halls and talking to people who would share these like heart-wrenching stories about the suffering that they're enduring, um, I just I can't see how he can sit and listen to those people and respond to them directly and um, and I can't, I can't see that, and also say that he doesn't emotionally understand what's going on here. I so think he's, he's a sociopath. At, so he's. I, a sociopath. I, I, I think that yeah, <laughs> basically, I, 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 think that Joe Biden just strict, just blatantly doesn't care about working people. That's, that, I like that's the position that I hold.
4: Well, it's like yeah. when you go ahead, Pepper. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I completely agree. I think it's also just a lot easier uh, to to put hearts out on your lawn for Valentine's Day, saying things like peace and hope and unity and love, et cetera, and act as if that is some kind of, I mean, it's all about, I think, the the packaging, um, the, the neoliberal focus on packaging everything and making it look as though we're returning to an age of decency that has no material content for working people. It's such a slap in the face to all of the people who campaigned for Biden or said that they would support him Truly believing and hoping that he would truly that he would go to bat right away for those 2K checks, and obviously that hasn't happened, and they've become 1,400 checks, or checks maybe not at all, and we still don't have them. It's infuriating, and it really goes to show that I think, again, exactly as Simon say, is saying, the material conditions that people are facing are not in Joe Biden's mind, and he chooses every day to make it that way.
0: I mean, the, the, it's interesting because you say the, the signs and I feel like that's always a jolt for them. It's a way for people, it's like philanthropy, you know, yeah. it's a way for people to feel good about something and never actually have to go deep in and never actually have to read the whole book, um, never actually have to have a debate or, or give up their, their own personal uh, wealth in any way or form or their, it, it's not about a mutual society. It's not about a communi- communal society. It's about how do I feel good about making a lot of money or living my fancy life and still being, you know, like I care about humans. Um, so I want to speak about caring about humans because I, I think psychologically, this is a great uh, segue. Megan McCain on The View. Uh, <sighs> this video is making the rounds as it should. Uh, she is is having a little bit of a moment about the vaccine distribution which let's you know I'm not I'm being highly critical of Joe Biden but it's been a month and we're actually doing a decent job distributing the vaccines, our country, compared to others uh, based on population, of course, and resources and how our government has responded immediately after uh, Donald Trump. So let's play this clip of Megan McCain um, and break it down.
2: Next week it will be a year since we left studio. And I have been very responsible in many different ways, as so many Americans have been. And the fact that Dr. Fauci is going on CNN and he, he can't tell me that if I get the vaccine, if I'll be able to have dinner with my family or dinner with I mean I don't have any grandparents left but you know older people if I can go to to dinner at at friends houses who are older (coughs) it's it's terribly inconsistent messaging and it continues to be inconsistent messaging in (coughs) Tel Aviv one of the messages that they have I saw a sign that said get a shot take a shot meaning if I get the vaccine then I can go out and I can have shots with my friends is the science in Israel different than the science here in the United States of America because Israel has over half of their country vaccinated already and seem to be doing pretty well. The idea that I can get vaccinated and I won't be able to see friends and nothing in life changes and that we're going to have to wear masks forever. I I, I don't understand the downplaying of getting the vaccine because right now we should be wanting as many Americans as possible to get a vaccine. The fact that I, Megan McCain, co-host of The View, uh, I don't know when or how I will be able to get a vaccine because the rollout for my age range and and my health is is so nebulous. I have no idea when and how I can get it. I want to get it. If you Call me at three o'clock in the morning. I will go any place. Okay, let's pause it for a get it. I want to be responsible and obviously wait my turn. But so she's she's she believes in COVID. She believes in the vaccine. She believes in masks. But she's just
0: angry because with all of her privilege, she can't get access to the vaccine. It's like another level.
4: Speaking of sociopaths, Piper, what are your thoughts? I mean, first of all, interesting that she would compare or that she would make a favorable comment about. The vaccination situation in Israel, when Palestinians have been exactly. repeatedly left out of the vaccine efforts there, um, which is which is terrifying and and a, a huge problem that obviously has not reached her radar at all. I also I understand where you're coming from, Nomi, talking about the vaccine rollout across the country. You know, it's it's been a month that we're learning new things about the vaccine. I think her impatience uh, regarding information is something that I, I, she clearly doesn't care that we're, we're all going through that same kind of wanting information desperately. And obviously, hopefully everybody is doing their best to abide as carefully as possible uh, with the information that they have. But I think the fact is that her concern that obviously co-hosts of The View should be prioritized for the vaccine. <laughs> Leaves out such a story of people who have been who have been excluded from vaccine rollouts because states have been irresponsible. Here in Massachusetts, for example, a lot of advocates had to repeatedly rally around the idea that people with asthma should be included in phase two after they were left out. It's a huge issue mm-hmm. given that um, Springfield, uh, Massachusetts, is the asthma capital of the country. There, It's disproportionately people of color yeah, who have yeah. been left out because of the exclusion of, 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 of asthma, and especially because a lot of those parts of of uh, the state and of Boston are affected by air pollution. It's one of those situations where we're talking about racial justice alongside health justice, and Charlie Baker, the the governor of Massachusetts, deliberately chose to exclude that and had to be petitioned to do the right thing, and luckily it's since been added. I think that's a little bit more important than talking about whether or not co-hosts of The View have gotten the vaccine because they're so high profile. It's but I think, are being asked.
0: It's, yeah. I think it illustrates also. What, I mean, what what she's exhibiting right now, and the ridiculousness of it is, it illustrates the root of this problem. This I, this libertarian me first. Uh, a, a philosophy that has just completely infused every single aspect of our government, you know, leading to crises in in Houston, leading to uh, austerity politics, leading to I mean, it's me, 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 and she is just like an emblem. I think that's what's happening right now. She's becoming the emblem. Um, Simon, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I agree with you and and with Piper. Like it's there's nothing about Megan McCain's job that makes her an essential worker or I would argue even like a worker at all, if all she's doing is getting on TV and like whining about how.
0: Hey, it's hard work. Have... Come on. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I right. like don't have any more water left. My mouth is dry. <laughs> I got to like learn how to plug in the devices and do the hair and makeup.
3: <laughs> but what I'm wondering is who is this restating with and how and yeah, why? Exactly. Because this, I saw like, uh, fire Fauci was trending on Twitter today. Like, who are who? What? Why? You know, like-
0: let's roll that part real quick.
2: Can we do that real quick so people have a, a reference? The second part of the clip. Get it. I want to get it. If you call me at three o'clock in the morning, I will go any place at any time to get it. I want to be responsible and obviously wait my turn. But this rollout has been a disaster. And I understand obviously President Trump can take much of the blame. But now we're in the Biden administration. I, for one, would like something to look forward to and to hope for. Because if getting the vaccine means that just nothing changes and we have to wait another few years till everyone gets it. it, it, it there's already a lot of people not getting it. We're already have a pro, having a messaging problem getting people to take this vaccine. So I, I'm over Dr. Fauci. I think we need to have more people giving more opinions. And I, I honestly, quite frankly, I think the Biden administration should should remove him and put someone else in place that maybe does understand science or can talk to other countries about how we can be more like these places that are doing this successfully.
0: The guy literally Worked on the AIDS crisis and and like is the foremost the biggest pandemic expert f- for the U.S. government in like history and she's like we need somebody who understands science okay guys like let me just tell you I'm sitting here in my apartment with my brand new weave haircut whatever the hell that was I don't know what it was it was beautiful but um, I have to tell you we need someone who understands science and like fire Fauci A.K.A. Trump rally and cry because I've lost the Trump people and I need a new base and I need ratings. If the Trump people aren't gonna like me, this is my way back in. That's my theory on that, I don't know. Go ahead, Simon, I know you had a point on this before.
3: No, it's just, it's mind boggling to me. I mean, this comes at the end of this like very, very self-centered rant about how she's not able to buy with with influence and money, the access to this um, vaccine that is in such high demand uh, and should of course be prioritized for um, people who are at higher risk. Uh, so it's just it's just crazy to, to like i don't know who's listening to her talk about all of that and being like i relate i relate here like
4: i feel uh, like in terms of people who relate to this, I feel that it's the people the the people who are trying to force teachers back into school, for example, like people who want their kids to be able to go back to in-person learning and don't care at all about the well-being of the teachers. I think if it's all, don't listen to doc- Dr. Fauci, if it's all about undermining the CDC's guidelines or going along with the moments when the CDC, the CDC says, okay, it's okay for people to go back to school. We don't need remote learning anymore. When we know that's not true and not safe for teachers, and in many states like mine, teachers aren't prioritized for the vaccine seen right. Megan McCain's whole self-centered message about I'm so sick of this. Let's get back to real life. And I don't care who I throw under the bus in order to get that way. That reminds me of those people who want to send their kids back to school at any cost for teachers and are willing to. And of course, the 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 boards and the politicians who are willing to put teachers in grave danger over this. That's just sort of the narcissist. That's where I see that narcissism reflected in the COVID-19 discussion.
0: And, you know, as frustrating as to talk about these things, and, and it can be hilarious at times. Um, it really is, and I say an emblem, it's an emblem of the philosophy of the, De- of the Republican Party. It's an emblem of this philosophy of the Democrats and Republicans. Don't forget, she supported Joe Biden uh, because she liked him and he was friends with her dad. Um, is it's She is an emblem of the lack of an actual meritocracy in this society. I mean, I've been in the media world as long as Meghan McCain has. In fact, we used to debate each other. Interesting what our platforms look like, given the same amount of experience in life. We were born in the same state. Oh, but my father was not a senator. I mean, but really, and and, and what happens as a result, I'm all joking aside, is that when you, when you, you also have don't people, have the,
3: the kind of politics that would place that's, you on.
0: Oh, right. That's a, yeah, that's why they be. have. That's also why I got kicked off these shows. I forgot. <laughs> they literally said it to my face. Um, but I mean, the reality is, is that, great point, Simon. When you have voices that have a Megan McCain background, filling up the airwaves, because it's not just Megan McCain. There are plenty of people who have, who are children of uh, well-known, I mean, Chris Cuomo is a perfect example, uh, but there are others that are, 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 you know, children of billionaires that we don't even know who get these spots. And they are now creating the discourse in our country around issues and leaving out, of course, the working class voices. You don't have union members on on TV. I mean, maybe Sarah Nelson gets on every once in a while to like push a point. But like you don't have working people, you don't have immigrants, you don't have uh You know, no one's on the ground right now in Houston talking to the victims who can't get access to their pharmaceuticals, who are the homeless on the streets. They're not talking about these institutional uh, problems, and they're not challenging the local lawmakers and, and state lawmakers for failing. And that's what happens when you have this ecosystem. So, as 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 much as it's funny, it actually is part of something much bigger, and it's just an exhibit exhibit case. Exhibit 9,584 of how our government uh, and media are in cahoots to, to leave out working people. So final thoughts,
4: guys, chime in. I mean, no, uh, I, I think well, you I've said it perfectly.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, okay, I'm I'll sorry. lead it.
4: Piper, go. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I think you've said it perfectly. I think that the, the desire of... Large media personalities with massive power and an influence, uh, like like Megan McCain for example, to make their own personal woes about COVID-19 projected over the actual needs of working people shows the fact that you know there are absolutely not enough media sources that are willing to lift up and discuss things like. The, um, the the struggle for an Amazon union, um, the fact that obviously if people were seeing coverage about the Amazon union more than they were seeing coverage about how Meghan McCain would sure like to, yeah. to go to a bar with her friends, working people could watch that and learn from it. And I think that of course, media stations are, are very, very aware of that and
3: that's all part of it. Yep,
4: yeah. Simon.
3: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. and uh, I feel like, um, It should it should read as absolutely ridiculous to us that we're having discussions about raising the minimum wage without including voices from actual minimum wage workers. Um, But unfortunately, it's something that has become so normalized in the media um, that we're just we would be almost like completely shocked to see someone working class uh, giving their thoughts on politics.
0: Or their companies don't allow it either. I mean, there's been many. Mm. Uh, situations where, you know, you reach out to somebody to to speak and they have to go to their their advisors or their bosses and they're banned from speaking about anything political. So which should be a crime in itself. Simon Road, Piper Winkler. We love you guys. See you soon. Thanks for your work.
3: <laughs> Thank you <laughs> Thanks so
0: much. And thanks to everybody in our shout out. Okay, here we go in our Twitch chat. In our YouTube chat, Chuck Diesel says, oh yes, it's Megan McCain, McCain, Megan McCain. That was a Sam Cedar thing from today on the majority report. Prairie Fire Kowalski from Nebraska says, I am losing faith in anarchy Bidenism coffee time. It is definitely coffee time. Thanks to everyone for mixing it up on live chat and on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, thank you to Midi Doctors for working those algorithms. And huge, huge, huge thanks to our YouTube mods, Bob C., Shoken, the orb and chuck diesel again and dorian sapiens difficult truth our means a nug wrangle, wrangler on twitch thank you for keeping that site troll free we will see you tomorrow same time same place a little bit of a surprise you definitely want to see it it's a surprise it's going to be an extra long show uh with a surprise but i'm not giving you any more than a teaser than that all right we'll see you tomorrow